This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're continuing our sermon series called The One, and we're looking especially at Luke 15 today, and I thought it'd be helpful to to read through uh, maybe a longer section of Scripture so you can see the the progression of what Jesus is trying to teach. I want you to pay attention to the setup, what the context is, and then pay attention to three stories that Jesus tells. They go something like this. Lost, found, party, and what that means for us. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable to the Pharisees and tax collectors, or to the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And the next story to these Pharisees and teachers of the law, he said, or suppose a a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now the third story, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the breast robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. 
Bring the fat and calf and kill it. Let's have a party and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And now the twist. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fat calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, open up our hearts, open up our our minds to receive your word. Give us the compassion of the Father to love those in our neighborhood and in our family with your love. And don't let anything that I'm doing today get in the way of your word. Amen. It feels like we've missed out on our summer this year, doesn't it? Because we've missed out on all the the parties and the festivals, and Milwaukee is normally a city of parties and festivals. Usually you start out the summer by going to a few graduation parties and maybe a few weddings. And then you maybe go listen to some music at Summerfest and then go have a cream puff at State Fair. And then to finish off the summer, maybe go to a few Brewers games and tailgate as you enter into to Miller Park. But it feels like we've missed out on our summer because we've missed out on all of those parties and festivals. As I studied God's word this week, I came to this conclusion. That no matter what's going on in our world, Jesus is always throwing a party. Even and especially during the pandemic, Jesus is always planning a party and he's always throwing a party. My concern is that sometimes we miss out on the party. Maybe we don't think it's that important, the party that Jesus is throwing. Maybe we're not that interested. Maybe we're not that excited about it. In fact, maybe we don't approve of the party that Jesus is throwing, and yet he continues to invite us to participate in the party that he is throwing right now. We're continuing our sermon series called The One, and this whole sermon series is about how Jesus always had concern for the one lost person in front of him. He came to save the world, but we always see him stopping and loving that one lost person in front of him. And what we're going to see today is he wants us to join in and, and, and love that one lost person in front of us. In fact, Jesus is planning a party for that lost person, and he wants you to participate. And so here's the question I really want to ask you. 
Why does Jesus want you to participate in his party? Why does Jesus want you to participate in his party? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to Luke chapter 15. And it begins with Jesus throwing a party. It might not look like a party at first, but hopefully as we continue to to walk through this, you'll see that Jesus is throwing a party. Here's what it says. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Tax collectors and sinners is a shorthand way of saying the people who screwed up their lives. These are the lowlifes. These are the outcasts. These are the people who've, who've screwed up their lives. Tax collectors were people who were so greedy that they, they were working for the Roman government to take money from their, from their fellow Jewish brothers and sisters. And in that group were prostitutes and addicts and people who struggled and... And Jesus is throwing a party with them. He's gathering around, and I kind of picture them uh, sitting in a a circle, and Jesus is laughing with them, and they're talking, and he's teaching this this group of tax collectors and sinners, and maybe they're, they're passing around a bottle of wine. And then there's a group of religious people. They're called Pharisees and and teachers of the law. I mean, these were the upstanding citizens. These are the people who, who kept up their lawn and their landscaping. These are the kind of people who voted the right way and did all the right things. These are the people that, that you would want as neighbors. These were the kind of people that you would you'd be comfortable leaving your children with them for a weekend. And these, these, these good, upstanding religious people who always were in church and always were big givers and, and always were diligent, hardworking people, they walk up next to Jesus just close enough for Jesus to hear them huffing and puffing and grumbling and complaining. They don't join in on the party. This is what we read. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They were so disgusted that Jesus would be hanging out with these lowlifes that they couldn't even utter his name. They just said, this one. He, he welcomes sinners and he eats with them. And, and the word eats with them in the Greek, it's actually one word. It doesn't just mean to shove food in your mouth. It means kind of like the word that we have hyphenated in our English language, a get-together. That's what this word means. So Jesus welcomes sinners and has a get-together with them. He's having a party with them. And these religious people, they couldn't stand that Jesus was partying with prodigals. And so Jesus gets up and, and he doesn't yell at them for ruining his party. He gets up and he doesn't start an argument. Jesus gets up and he tells three stories. And these stories are a way of explaining to them why he's having a party with them. And as I mentioned, these stories have three main parts. Part one, someone or something gets lost. Part two, someone or something gets found. Part three, Party. Lost, found, party. And these are probably some of Jesus' most famous stories, but he's telling them, and you need to see them all kind of in order so that you can see in the third story there's a twist. He's setting us up. So here's the first story. Jesus says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. 
Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So again, very simple story. Jesus says, you know, a shepherd loses one sheep, one lost sheep. The shepherd goes off, finds the one lost sheep, and then throws a party. Right? Lost, found, party. And Jesus says, this is what happens in heaven. When, when one lost person repents, there's a party in heaven. Now Jesus goes on to the next story. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoice in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, very simple story. One lost coin. One lost coin is found. Party. Lost, found, party. And Jesus says, this is what happens with the angels in heaven. When one person repents, the angels throw a party. Now, Jesus is setting us up for the third story. These, the, 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 these stories are leading to a third story. So you have to kind of know the, the pattern of the first two stories so you see the surprise in the third story. And you can understand what Jesus is trying to teach us. Here's the third story. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of this state. So he divided his property between them. Now this is pretty crass. The younger son is saying, Father, I can't wait for you to die any longer. Just give me my money today. I'm not waiting for you to die, to croak. I want my inheritance today. And the father listens to his his request. He gives his inheritance as if he's already dead, divides it between his two sons. Verse Verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So the younger son buys a ticket, goes off to Vegas, and he takes all of his inheritance and spends it on blackjack and brothels until he spends it all and has got nothing left. And then the economy takes a dive, and and he's got no money, he's got no work, so he gets a dead-end job, and, and he can't even make enough money to pay rent and buy groceries. So verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. The younger son has hit rock bottom. He says, I'm lost. I got nothing. I'm lost. And so I'm going to go back and maybe I can, I won't be my my father's son anymore, but maybe I can live out in his shed out back. And so he practices this I'm so sorry speech as he starts to walk back home. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. So his father was on the the, the porch waiting for him to come home, and he sees him off in the distance, and he hightails it out to him because he's moved. The the word compassion is this great Greek word, splunk, nitsomai. It means like this deep feeling from down, way down deep in your intestines. He had this deep compassion for his son. His son who's lost, he goes out and he finds his son. Wraps his arms around him and kisses him. Lost, found, guess what's happening next? The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, Bring the breast robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a party. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So the younger son is trying to to spit out his I'm so sorry speech. But before he could even finish his confession, the father is saying, hey, call the DJ, get the caterer. Let's get a bounce house. Let's get some balloons. We're about to have a party. My son who was lost is found. He's back home. Lost, found, party. Now we'd expect the story to be over by now. And, And if you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son, maybe this is all you remember. Um, Because this is where Jesus' other stories ended, right? Lost sheep, found sheep, party. Lost coin, found coin, party. Lost son, found son, party. But this is not where it ends. Because now Jesus is going to give us a twist. And this final section is really the point of the story. This is what he is trying to explain to the Pharisees and the religious people. Verse 25. Here's the surprise. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And so the older brother comes back from work in the back 40. You know, he's in his overalls coming off John, the John Deere tractor. And he, he sees um, and he hears this music. Maybe a balloon com- comes flitting out of the, the window. And he calls a, a fellow worker and says, you know, what's going on? He says, your brother's come back home and your father's thrown a party. Now, what would you expect? What what would be the natural thing to do? The natural, normal thing to do would be that the older brother would would run into the house and embrace his brother to be so happy to have his brother back home safe and sound. 
But look what happens. Verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours... Not my brother, but the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. You kill the fat calf for him. The brother is angry. The brother wants everybody to get what they deserve. And he thinks his younger brother deserves punishment and he deserves the party. And, and as Jesus is telling this portion of the story, I just imagine him looking into the, to the face of those religious people who've been good, upstanding citizens and kept all the rules and been good, good religious people and saying, do, do you see what's going on here? See, it's the older brother who's not entering in the party and what's keeping him outside of the party is his self-righteousness and his selfishness. He thinks everybody should get what they deserve. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've been a Christian for, for any amount of time, we start Christianity by, by being amazed by God's grace. And then somewhere along the line, we start thinking that, that we deserve God's love. And then we start thinking, you know, I, I want everybody to get what they deserve. Every morning I, I walk our dog and I'm starting to get to know our neighbors and our community. And, and I've noticed that, that down the street, there's a, a a family that started putting different signs up in their yard. And I don't think these signs honor God. I don't think they're good. And, and I'm a, I don't like them. And, and when I saw those signs, my, my first thought was not the compassion of the Father for this lost family, but my first thought was anger and frustration and thinking that this family is a lost cause. I mean, how far do you have to go in your neighborhood or in your family or somebody who you think is, is, is too far gone, a lost cause, and you're angry and frustrated with them? See, if we don't love the lost, if we don't have compassion for the lost, maybe they're not the only ones who are lost. Maybe we are. Maybe we are. Now, if that, that's convicting to you, if, if, if you see, man, I have forgotten the compassion of God, the love of God, I'm the one who's lost. Look at how Jesus continues the story. His father went out and pleaded with him, the older son. Just like the father went out to the younger son, the father goes out to the rule-keeping older son as well. He, the father comes out to you and me. And he says, my son... The father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, he's your brother, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Some of us rule-keeping older brother type of people who've been in the church a little bit longer, who started getting this idea that everybody should just get what they deserve, we need to hear this. You are a son, you are a daughter of God and God is with you. And everything that you are trying to work so hard to get, you already have in Christ. God's saying to you, everything I have is yours in Jesus Christ. You have nothing to prove. 
You have nothing to work for. You have nothing to, to show off to somebody else. You don't have to prove that you're better than somebody else. You don't have to work to get something so you can deserve God's grace. Everything you're looking for, you already have in Jesus Christ. God is saying, everything I have is yours and I love you and I accept you. God loves all of his children, the younger brothers and the older ones. You see, the meaning of this story is not really about the prodigal. Here's what you need to know. The prodigal son is really about saving the saved. The story of the prodigal son, maybe you didn't know this, but the story of the prodigal son is really about saving the saved. It's, it's about helping us remember the love of God. Helping us remember and rediscover the grace of God. Remembering our first love. Remembering what got us into Christianity in the first place. The love and the forgiveness and the grace of God. And that's why he wants you to participate in his party. This whole sermon series called The One is about us looking at the one in our life, the one in our family, the one in our neighborhood, the one at work, the one person who's lost. And you know what? God could reach that person without you. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me to do evangelism, to share the gospel, the love of God, the grace of God. But he wants to use you because when he uses you, we rediscover the love of God. We remember what got us into Christianity in the first place when we share the grace of God. And so here's your takeaway. Here's what God is calling us to do. Party with the prodigals. Go party with the prodigals. That means, it doesn't mean um, to, uh, uh, to encourage bad behavior. It doesn't mean to, to join in on sin. It doesn't mean any of those things. It doesn't mean to affirm bad behavior or, or, or not care about God's law. But when you see someone turn, when you see someone repent, when you see someone hit rock bottom, be ready to party with the prodigals to welcome them back home so that you and I, we rediscover the love and the grace and the compassion of God. What's interesting about this story is Jesus doesn't tell us how it ends. Kind of ends in an open question. We don't know, did the older son come into the party or not? We don't know. And I think that's intentional because Jesus is offering an invitation to you and to me. He, he's saying, everything, I'm always with you and everything I have is yours. So come in to the party and celebrate. I know almost every other party and every other festival is canceled right now, but Jesus is still planning parties. He's still welcoming his lost children home and he wants you to join him on his mission. So let's go party with some prodigals. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, put someone in our life who needs to hear the love and the grace of God. Not just so that there can be a party in heaven over that one person who repents and knows your gospel, but so that we re would rediscover the compassion of God Lord God, let us hear these words and to live under this truth that everything we're looking for, we already have in you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com dot com.